The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already played Fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head on over to Sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Howdy ho, Degenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 161. It's going out to Don Maddenly. Uh, I am one of your hosts of this podcast. I'm not Don Maddenly. Well, I wouldn't mind being Don Maddenly, probably. Um, I am Jeff Tarzan Fox. Thank you for coming to the show. It's an action, another action-packed episode as people are we are cutting bushes outside. Let me close the window here. All right, uh, another action-packed episode, of course, of the podcast, because we have a action-packed pay-per-view hopefully action-packed pay-per-view coming up this weekend UFC 276 going down from Sin City Las Vegas technically Paradise Nevada I believe is where this is going down yes the T-Mobile Arena uh 12-fight lineup not a dud fight on the card I would say um and I'm pretty sure my co-host who I'm about to introduce will agree with that because he's always uh a hype man for Dana White's uh UFC. He's always high on fight cards. So let's see if he's high on this one as well. Um, he got his moniker back. The Gumby God, the one and only Daniel Freeland. Hello. Hey, uh, you know, no, you're right. This is a baller it fight up. card. It's a, such a good fight card. Well, it's, here's the thing I really love about it is that it, no matter what your taste is for like an MMA or UFC fight card, it's got it, right? Like it's got the, uh, you know, legends of the sport who might be the greatest their division has ever seen, or at least making a run at it. Um, it's got former champions that you get to watch for like nostalgia purposes. Uh, it's got those kinds of fights on there or, you know, like just legends in general with like Cerrone and Miller and Lawler and, you know, Barbarana to an extent. And then it's got like dudes who could be champs one day, like hot up and comers, like, you know, Andre Muniz and Jalen Turner. Then it's got like, kind of prospecty people you've not maybe not heard of like Dragus Duplesis and uh Gabe Green and Ian Gary and then you know the stalwarts of the division are there too if you're one of those people who likes Brad Tavares a ton or Jessica I like it, it's got them all dude it, it's perfect what if you are into people named the future does this card have anything for you yeah Ian the future Gary is fighting uh Gabe Green on this fight card is that it? Uh, that's that's the only one I care to mention at the moment. <laughs> okay. There's two people named the future on this fight card. People. Did you, you did you know did you know Ian Gary was the future or did I just I didn't like know that. Sneak, oh okay I didn't know if I just nope. snuck that one in on. You. <laughs> nope. I uh, just finished writing and publishing. I knew it, I knew it already before this, but I just published my article for all my picks for this fight. So if you want to read. Uh, you can read along as as we talk about it if you like. It's on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. But yes, I knew that Ian Gary was the future. But yeah, this is a um, yeah. There's there's no fighting on this card that is worth skipping. I don't think. No, I mean like the the woman's fight to kick it off. Like neither has yeah, been yeah, that's true. For, neither has been particularly hot. But I would also say this like 
neither is boring. Like, no, nobody's going to say, and um, for those who, who aren't looking at the fight card right now, I'm talking about Jessica Rose Clark versus Julia Stoliarenko. Like, neither of those two are boring. The, Stoliarenko's right. fight with Lisa Verdoza, or Verzosa, or however you say her name, in Invicta was one of the best women's fights of all time. Um, and Jessica Rose Clark is like, fun mix of kickboxing, wrestling, up at 35. She hasn't looked great, but, like, she's still fun to watch. Very, very true, yeah. So, um interesting interesting fight night so as as per usual in case you're new around here uh we will be splitting this into two episodes to give us plenty of time to talk about all the fights and put in our normal um amount of nonsense though i i feel like we're less silly as we were dan maybe we have more uh, actual uh, material now to to work with but i i, th- I think like... i was i think i was anti-silly last time i, I really, oh yeah that's right I think I listen to the last episode not like you know, like listen to it, listen to it, because nobody likes listening to themselves talk. But I was like, while I was editing it, I was like, I was, I was, I was angry for some reason. Yeah, I, that's why I <laughs> called it no patience. The episode was a, called no patience. And I had a good night. Like I, 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 yeah. I kicked TFL's ass. Like, uh, and and there I was. Uh, so this, this is pot. This is gonna be a good vibes episode. Uh, yeah, the episode in question is is our PFL or dance PFL picks for this coming Friday's PFL six. Go back one episode from here, 160s, that episode named No Patience because Dan has no patience for nonsense in that episode. Um, yeah, and all, all those fights are actually, except for one, one of them have fallen through. So PFL hasn't totally screwed us over this time. So, Yeah, it was the one that uh, I said I, I was not willing to give you a breakdown of too because uh, yeah, that's right. Gleason Gle- Gle- yeah, even refused to do a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. You, you were grumpy. <laughs> Yeah, Gleason Tebow is like impossible to break down. Um, yes, because he's he's just so variable, and he's so variable this time that he's chosen not to show up to fight week. <laughs> perfect, perfect. But we're not talking. This isn't a PFL podcast. This, this episode, isn't a Gleason Tebow podcast. Not from that. If we had a spinoff podcast about Gleason Tebow, oh, the topics we could get into. But alas, we have not been offered uh, to do that. So we're going to stick with <laughs> what we're doing now. Um, UFC 276 prelims. We're going to give you seven prelim fights this episode, and then episode 162, which will be dropping your ear holes on Thursday, will be our main card picks, our props, parlays, recommended plays, all that, all that fancy stuff. So let's jump into it after I tell you about win. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $50, win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, they have the ultimate fantasy football experience. Bet $500 or more on sports or casino before July 31st of this year and get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit winwynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call. 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's jump into this here card. Um, early prelims are on ESPN. Oh, they're on ESPN. Wow. ESPN and ESPN+. And, and I'm pretty sure What's in the, the States, too, they're on, if I'm not mistaken, ABC as well. They're being simulcast uh, on the major network uh, so that everybody everybody gets to see. Yeah, the the actual the, the main prelims is right. Early prelims are on ESPN. ESPN oh right, right. right, Yeah, and they everything at six thirty, I believe. Let me just make sure, or it might be six o'clock at this point. Six o'clock Eastern, and then the 
as Dan mentioned, the main card prelims and <laughs> the main prelims are ESPN ABC and ESPN Plus, 8 p.m. Eastern. We will start with the early prelims. As per usual, we will start with the curtain jerker. The match Dan already spoke of, women's bantamweights, Jessica Rose Clark versus Julia Stoliarenko. So we got Jesse Jess versus no nickname. Um, Stoliarenko, nine, six, and two with eight submissions to her name. Been knocked out twice, submitted once. She's 0-4 in the UFC over two stints. She was 1-0 in Invicta. That was a championship fight, and she won the Bantamweight Championship for Invicta. She also was the CG champ. I'm not sure what that stands for. Probably cage something, right? Probably. Cage gladiator. <laughs> cage gladiators. Cage gladiators. That's what I was thinking. Uh, she used to fight up at featherweight. She's a Lethway champion as well. Can you tell everyone what Lethway is, Dan? Yeah, it's a Chinese form of like... Uh, it's like no gloved MMA that also in, yep. is less holds barred. So like you can headbutt yes. and stuff like that. Headbutts. Too. Exactly. Yes. Uh, 2012 was her pro MMA debut. She's got two inches height and re- two inches reach on Clark. Six years younger than her. Uh, negative strike dif- striking differential in the UFC. So basically uh, um, it's, it's minus 1.52, meaning she gets outstruck by one and a half strikes per minute uh, over her UFC career. Not Not something you want to happen. Plus 125 coming back in her. As for Jesse Jess Clark, 11 and 7 with one no contest. Been knocked out. Uh, sorry, three knockouts on her fa- in her favor and two submissions. Been submitted once. It's the only time she's been stopped in a fight, and that was her last fight where she got submitted. She's four and three in the UFC. She's won two of her last three. However, only two of her last five, and her last fight was a sub sub loss. As I said, used to fight uh, down at flyweight. Was 0-2 in Invicta. She's had some trouble making weight at both these weight, flyweight and bantamweight, I believe. She's missed weight twice. Uh, multiple regional championships on her. Mantle. Correct. 2012, also for her, pro MMA debut. Striking stats in her favor, plus she's one and a half times more active landing strikes than Stolyarenko. She has a positive strike differential of 0.39. She also has grappling stats in her favor, and she's at minus 150. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to go with Jessica Rose Clark. Uh, I've gone back and forth on this one a little bit, but he, here's the thing is that like the, the loss for, for Jessica Rose Clark against Stephanie Egger, uh, has aged pretty well. Uh, Egger went out there and looked yep. really good in her last fight. Uh, or no, Jessica Rose Clark was her last fight. Am I wrong? Mm, yes. Yeah, Jessica Rose Clark, Clark was her last fight, but she looked good against Shanna Young before that too. So it's, it's been two in a row for, for Egger, she's looked good. Um, I, I'll say this. I, I think Jessica Rose Clark does well enough in the clinch to not get taken down against somebody like Stolia Renko. Because Stolia Renko is not the type who's going to, like, shoot a double leg. She needs to, like, get you against the cage and, like, slowly work a takedown. I think the way that, like, Clark is kind of, like, bulked up and she seems to have worked on those things, I think she'll be fine uh, in the takedowns. And I think she's just, like, a much better striker than Stolia Renko is. Yep, the stats play um, prove that as well. So yes, Jesse Jess is my pick as well. I was thinking Stoli Ranko was good, and, and then I think I was just remembering her being an Invicta champ. She has not been good on the UFC uh, level as of yet. So hopefully Saturday is not the time that she decides that she's going to be good again. So all right, women's again, uh, women's flyweight we're moved to now. Jessica I versus Macy Barber, a favorite of this podcast. So we got Jessica Evil Eye versus the Future Barber. Um, we'll tell you about. I first 15 and 10 with one no contest. She's got three knockouts and one submission in her favor. Uh, uh, she's been knocked out once, submitted once, five and nine in the UFC with one no contest. 
She's lost three straight. She's won one fight in her last five. Uh, last win was December of 2019. She used to fight up at Bantamweight. She went 3-0 in Bellator. Uh, she's been around in pro MMA since 2010. She's an inch taller and has an inch of reach on Barber. Negative strike differential of minus 0.23, plus 195 coming back in her. Uh, the future hairstylist, Macy, 10-2, five knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. She's 5-2 in the UFC. She's won two straight, and she's also won two of her last four. Um, used to fight down at strawweight. So we got a, a former strawweight versus a former bantamweight. One and all the Contender Series, 12 years younger than I. Striking and active striking stats in her favor. She's got a positive strike differential of plus 1.76, minus 240. Uh, I will be taking Barbara here. Just 12 years is a massive age gap. Plus, I think she's going to um, make this a grimy fight, and she can probably um, um, get in. Uh, get she's got to get in. Uh, get in close with I, and hopefully she doesn't decide not to not to try to have a uh, range. Uh, a striking fight because that's that's not her game. She's got to get in the clinch and get gritty and take her down and whatnot. So I, I think Barbara could do that against I, who's I think it's pretty much done for at this point. Um, so I will take the younger, better striking fighter um, any day of the week. So I will take Macy Barber, and I'm sure that warms Dan's heart. Uh, so first of all, I, you know I'm never going to pick Macy Barber, so I am going to go with the underdog just got higher. But second of all. I'm gonna I'm gonna question a little bit of your analysis here. Do you yes. do you think that that Macy Barber wouldn't outbox Jessica I? Because like I I, I kind of think if this stays at range, I, I actually think that's the her best path to victory here. Yeah, because just guys because just guys notoriously like tough in the clinch and to take down and like when she turns things into wrestling matches. Cause like she yeah, she true. did that like if you go back to her fight with Misha Tate which I know now I, I'm not looking at a uh, her record but like it's probably 700 years ago um like she was dominating Misha Tate in that way right she she like went after Misha Tate and and attacked Misha Tate and stayed in the clinch with Misha Tate and won that fight so I, I don't know that Barber wins in the clinch with her. Uh, I, I do think she get out pointer, but my worry is, is that it winds up being a clinch fight and that's why, uh, just guy wins this fight. So I, that's again, you know, being a little bit tongue in cheek here by saying I'd never pick Macy Barber, but I actually think that like a clinch battle and in, in like a gritty fight, maybe favors Jessica I here. No, very good point. So just, um, Barber's not athletic. She's also not a very good striker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, I, she, that, that, she's, I mean, that's she's good true. at swinging out the air, but, um, Yeah. <laughs> But no, I'm I'm, I'm going to pick her in this fight for sure. So we should see. I'm minus 240, probably not going to be one of my recommended plays. Spoiler alert there. But Dan is going with his heart, not his head here in his picks. Just <laughs> just she, so you know, everyone. If she wins, it's going to be not only a big dog, but oh, it's going to feel man. so good too. <laughs> sure will. All right. Let's see if we're back on track here. The main event of the early prelims. Middleweights, Dry Hall versus Andre Muniz. We got primetime Hall versus... Sergio Muniz. Uh, we'll tell you about Hall first. 17 and 10, 13 knockouts, one submission. He's knocked out four times. 10 and 8 in the UFC. He's gone. He's won four of his last five. However, he did lose his last fight. He went four and zero in the Ultimate Fighter. He used to fight up at light heavyweight. He was the ROC champion before this. Also was one and zero in Bellator. Been fighting professionally in MMA since 2005. She's got an interreach on Muniz. 
1.6 times more active landing strikes. However, he has a negative strike differential of 0.6. So he gets outstruck by over half a strike per minute over his UFC career, plus 220 on him. Muniz, 22 and four, four knockouts, 15 submissions. He's been knocked out four times. All of his losses have come via knockout. He's won four straight fights. The last three would be a submission. He went 2-0 in the contender series. He also used to fight at light heavyweight. He also was a regional champion. 2009, he's been in pro MMA since. He's an inch taller than Hall, six years younger. He's got a positive strike differential of 0.36. Grappling stats are also in his favor. Minus 275. Go ahead. And Mooney's all day. Man, like this is not, yeah, this is not a hard one. Um, nope. Andre Muniz has looked like an absolute murderer on the ground. And if there's one place where Uriah Hall looks like a fish out of water, it's on the ground. You know, like you, you look back to that other fight, um, the, the one he had with Sean Strickland. I mean, he was getting outstruck in that one too, but like there are lots of examples of him, you know, maybe just not looking himself when it hits the mat. The Antonio Carlos Jr. fight sticks out. I mean, he he got back up a bunch of times in that, but like, you know, I, I just don't think he's the type of guy who can go to the ground with Muniz and survive. And I think it's going to go to the ground. Um, so I, I think he's going to get crushed here, man. I, I think this is, I, and don't get me wrong, we I've been staying away from props on my uh, my recommended plays, but you may see me dabble into a Andre Muniz uh, submission prop here because he's he's got to sub Uriah Uriah Hall. Oh, you think so? First time, uh, first time being finished by submission. For yeah, Hall. but like, but like again, again, like it's not like he hasn't been in position to be submitted a bunch of times, right? Right, like Gegard Mousasi chose to yep. like ground and pound him way back when, and you know, it, there, there's I guess he just hasn't fought a lot of guys. I'm looking at his record right now. He has not fought a lot of guys who would even try a submission, right? Yeah. Like uh, Olawale, Bangabosh, Christoph <laughs> Jocko, Bevan Lewis, Anderson Silva. Um, yeah, he's, he's just not fighting a lot of dudes who would shoot no. a double and take him down and submit him. Andre Mooney's is that dude. So, uh, yep. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on a sub prop for sure. Yep, Muniz is my pick as well. So, all right, we will jump into the main prelims in one sec. First, let's move on to tell you about Sleeper. Sleeper is a fast-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. The SGPN guys use it for theirs. It's a game-changing product like anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. And then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my imaginary buddies contest and play together. It's got a building group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's instantly fun to ride it up together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. And Dan's going to tell you how to make money right now. Yeah, I'm going to tell you to take Travis Darnod over on hits. Travis Darnod on fire right now. Plus, he's playing the Phillies, and the Phillies suck. So, uh, yeah, take the over on Travis Darnod hits. He is one of my catchers in, on one of my fantasy leagues, and I'm very happy I have him. He's yeah, having I, a very good year. I was a little – I mean, like, if you're a, a Travis Darnod owner, and this is not a Travis Darnod podcast, but you might have been a little bit worried when uh, Contreras was – hitting all those dingers behind him, but apparently they got room for both of them. So uh, yeah, yep. ride, ride that out. There you go. So here's what you do. Take that 
advice, go to your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And when you're online doing that, make sure you use an IP vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish help, helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like 89 months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All righty, moving on. Middleweights, open up the main prelims. Brad Tavares versus Dreykus Duplicis. Uh, we will tell you about Tavares first. He's 19 and six, five knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out three times. 14 and six in the UFC. He's won two straight. Uh, before that, he lost two straight, so he's been two and two over his last four. He's not fought, uh, actually, no, he, uh, it's almost a year. He, he fought in July of last year, so he's uh, right around, been out of the cage for right around a year, not quite. Uh, he went three and one in the Ultimate Fighter, made his pro MMA debut in 2005. He's got a positive strike differential in the UFC of 0.42. He's at plus 108. Duplicis still knocks is his nickname. He's 16 and two with seven knockouts, nine submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. He's two and all in the UFC, both of them via knockout. He's won four straight fights, all via finish, obviously, because he's finished every one of his wins. He was the KSW champ. He was the EFC champ. He's fight uh, down at welterweight. He's got two inches of reach on Tavares, seven years younger, striking stats in his favor. He's 1.6 times more active landing strikes. He's got a positive strike differential of uh, plus 2.68 in the UFC. He also has grappling stats in his favor. Minus 130. Uh, I'm going with Duplicis in this one. I love the number. Um, he's, I think he's just better everywhere than Tavares, um, especially striking, which is what he's going to uh, obviously rely on here and, and put it on uh, the veterans. So Duplicis is my pick, and I'm loving the minus 130. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that it is where it is because uh... – at first, I was like, is Duplices hyped enough? Because he, he's had, like, almost a year in between each of his fights. Uh, by the way, I don't yeah. know if you – have you seen the list of people who he has been slated to fight and didn't have to fight? No, uh, tell me. Do so tell. Before, before he got Brad Tavares, listen to this group of four people he should have fought. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. That's Fluffy. The, that's the worst of them. Uh, is Anthony Hernandez, who is uh, the one who just subbed Hudolfo Vieta, uh, Chris Curtis, Andre Muniz, and Calvin Gastelum. Those are the four people he was slated to fight and have fallen through for one reason or another. Um, so, like, crazy group of fights that uh, that dude should have gotten. But, yeah, like, to, to my back to my point, like, I think his number is probably not higher because people are forgetting how damn good he looked against Trevin Giles or Marcus yep. Perez because they're so spaced out. 
Um, but like, yeah, like he, he's infinitely better striker than Tavares. It's also yep. like not like Tavares is like a real KO threat or like he doesn't have like good enough wrestling that you're really worried about him. And and he also has had a year off. Like he hasn't been in the cage since he took that split decision over Omar Yakhmedov. And like he got knocked out by Edmund Shabazian. Like, like that, that dude doesn't have powerful hands. So like, yeah, I, I think Duplices is just going to knock him silly, man. Yep. There is a few lines that I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll take that. Thank you very much. And this is, this was a one of them. So Duplices is the pick. And if you, if you want to see what he did to Trevin Giles, check out that article. I just wrote my UFC 276 predictions. Cause I have the a tweet embedded in there that shows him what happened when he, he hit Trevin Giles with his right hand. So, um, all right, moving on. Walter Waits, Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone. The rematch, eight years in the making, uh, is happening. Uh, let's tell you about Cowboy Cerrone first. 36 and 16 with two no contests. He's been he's got 10 knockouts and 17 submissions on his resume. He's been knocked out eight times, submitted once. 23 and 13 with one no contest in the UFC. However, he's gone 0 5 and 1 over his last six. His uh, he's not fought since May of 2021. His last win was May of 2019. He's taking this on short notice. He was supposed to fight um, Joe Lozon um, a couple times recently, and they both fell through. So he's stepping into this fight. Uh, it is up a weight class for. Um, it is up at welterweight. That uh, is of note. Um, Miller usually uh, pretty much exclusively is at lightweight. Cerrone's kind of bounced between the two, but uh, he was going to fight his last fight at lightweight. Now he's fighting this one up at welterweight. So something to keep uh, keep in mind on uh, or an eye on. He's, Cerrone being is six and three with one no contest in WEC. WEC never die. He failed a drug test there for, um, what's that thing? Diuretic. That's what that thing's called. 2011 was his UFC debut. 2006 was his pro MMA debut. He's a Muay Thai champion. He went one and as a pro boxer. Five inches taller than Miller. He's got two inches reach on him. He's 1.6, a lot of 1.6 times more active fighters on this uh, fight card. He's 1.6 times more active landing strikes. However, he's got a negative 0.06 strike differential. So pretty much he gives what he uh, receives pretty much on the feet. Plus 175 on him. Uh, Miller, A10 is his nickname, which I just discovered recently. Uh, He's 34 and 16 with one no contest. Six knockouts, 18 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted three times. He's 23 and 15 with one no contest in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. Before that, he lost two straight. Um, he's also three and three over his last six. His last two fights have he's won via knockout. He's found that old man power apparently. Uh, he used to fight or normally fights at lightweight. Uh, he's got multiple regional championships on his mantle. Yes, he's also a kickboxing champion. He 2005 was his MMA debut. He's got a, also has a negative strike differential, but barely uh, minus 0.14. So pretty much even for him as well. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 215. Over to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Jim Miller. Um, obviously, like the thing is, too, is like I've seen a lot of people like describe this matchup as like two washed up veterans. So why not take the dog money or whatever? But like mm, he's not washed up. He's not <laughs> right. Like, nope. And, and I would also say this, too. Like, it, it's not just like he got some wins against up and comers or new guys or like whatever. Like Jim Miller is fighting like young, good prospects and looking phenomenal doing so. Like he looked good against Nicholas Moda. He looked good against Ghost Pepper Gonzalez. Like he he looked good against those guys. And I would say he didn't look awful against Joe Selecki before that. And Joe Selecki's not a bad loss. Um and I'll also just say this too, like 
if you look at the the only people to beat him, you know, since like 2020, let's let's say since the pandemic started, the only people to beat Jim Miller in that time are, are wrestlers, are, are guys who are good in the wrestling department and, and can either take people down or stop them from taking. They can dictate where the fight takes place. Cowboy's not that. Cowboy is no. not that. Uh, not then, not now, not ever. Uh, has Cowboy been that? So, yeah, like, I, I think Jim Miller just gets to pick where this fight goes. And I think he wins it just about anywhere he wants to, too. So, yeah, I'm I'm going Jim Miller here. Yeah, this is uh, – he was being positive about Miller, but you also could just say you're uh, you're going to fade Cowboy Cerrone in every fight going forward also. So, we got that that side of it, too. Miller's looked good. Cerrone has looked horrible. So, um, yeah, Cerrone did, did win their original fight eight years ago, but uh, – Things have changed since then. So Miller's pretty much the same fighter as he was eight years ago, really. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, except for except for with fucking hands, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, he's not good. Yeah, well, manpower, like I said. And, so Cerrone and, and, is not. And you also only mentioned, like, the Moda and Gonzalez fights because those are the yep. only two that ended with knockout. But, like, his yep. boxing looked better in the Selecki-Pichel fight. And even if you want to go back to, like, he fought Clay Guida in 2019 – he wins that one by guillotine choke, or at least that's what you see when you like scroll down and, and look at his Wikipedia page or his tapology page or whatever. But he he knocked Clay Guida down with like a hard right hand, and then Guida like panic shot a double leg and got guillotined. So like even that one was like this close to being a TKO. So like right. it, it, he's had this power for like three or four years. It's not just like suddenly a couple of outliers. Like his boxing has looked real good. So maybe not having Lyme disease helps, possibly. Yeah, right? I mean maybe. Did you get, <laughs> do you ever get rid of Lyme disease? Isn't that one of the ones you just keep? It, it, it can come back, yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. I, I, th- I think he's he's pretty good now at uh, with it, but yeah, he was fighting through it for years there, it seems. So, yeah. Um. So Jim Miller, always a favorite of mine, even though he said some dumb things on Joe Rogan. Who doesn't say dumb things on Joe Rogan, right? I'll, I'll still <laughs> ride with Jim Miller. I saw Gina Carano was the latest on there. Like, oh, that's gonna be. An inter- that's interesting show i'm not gonna listen to <laughs> those two together I, that's gotta I mean, be I, I would also just say this and this is probably gonna bum out some people who listen to us but like i just don't listen to joe rogan because i don't have four hours to listen to a podcast that's not on the sgpn network there you go boom we don't have four hour podcasts we're, we're concise here we're we're only what half an hour in we're almost done this one there you go boom we got what uh two more fights yeah and we're gonna disagree on one of them because i i listened to the top turtle mma podcast already uh earlier today or last night can't wait can't wait oh dan it's this fight dan is gonna yell at me about for it sounds like he sounds like he's very aggro again all right walter waits in the future gary <laughs> versus gabe gifted green oh boy the gifted versus the future uh gabriel green 11 three four knockout six missions but knocked out twice two and one in the ufc won his last two fights last one via tko he's a regional champ he was two and one to Bellator. He's 1.4 times more active. He's got a negative strike differential in the UFC of minus 0.33. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 136. In the future, Gary, 9 and 0, five knockouts, one submission, 2 and 0 in the UFC. He was a Cage Warriors champion, five inches taller than Green, inch reach, four years younger. Striking stats in his favor, positive strike differential of one and a half strikes per minute, minus 165. Uh, is it my turn? Um, I did. Yeah, it's my turn. Uh, you can yell at me. I'm taking um Ian Gary. Not that I think he's super amazing, but I think he's going to be the better striker here, and uh, I'll be taking him in this fight. And not that he's really 
shabby at, at any aspect of the sport, but I, striking wise, I think he's going to be ahead of Gabe Green here. And now Dan's going to tell you why he's going to take in underdog. Cause I can't remember what you said on your other podcast. I mean, I think he's a bet. First of all, I think he's a better striker. I, I think Gabe, Gabe Green, Green. Yeah. I think okay. Gabe Green's a better striker than he gets. Dude. He, he stood toe to toe with Daniel Rodriguez on four days notice up a weight class, up a weight class. Is that one up a weight class? I can't remember if that one's up a weight class. Now nah, I'm looking like I'm trying to add too much to it. Um, <laughs> no, same, same weight class. But four days notice, he fought Daniel Rodriguez and went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and looked good. He went the distance with D-Rod, which is not easy to do. Uh, and he did so, like, landing good leg kicks and stuff. And then since then, all he's done is, like, beat the piss out of Philip Rowe and knock out Yohan Lainacy, who are both better opponents than Ian Gary's opponents. Right? Like, Ian Gary went in there and fought... I can't believe we're going to talk about him again. Jordan Williams. He oh, went in yeah, fight. we love him. And do you remember Jordan Williams was tagging him at the beginning of that yep. fight? Like Jordan yep. Williams was like lighting him up early. And Jordan Williams is like a wrestler. Like that's that's what he is. And, and you know, what did he go? 0-4 in the UFC or something like that. And then the next fight with Darian Weeks, like I didn't leave that fight being like Ian Gary's like God's gift to MMA, right? Like he went the distance with a guy who has six pro fights going into it. So like, look, I, I get the the hype behind Gary because he's Irish and he's only 24 and the, you know, the sky's the limit or whatever. But like, I, I think Gabe Green is like in his prime now. I think he's faster. I think he's more diverse with his strikes. I think he makes less mistakes with his strikes too. Cause that's the thing with Gary is that like Gary just like, occasionally like gets tagged uh and with somebody like gabe green as johan lines found out you know a couple of months ago you can't just make that mistake with him who do you uh who are your guests on top turtle this week uh ozzy diaz and gabe green oh okay cool <laughs> yeah just uh dan gets charmed by these people on his podcast and they tell him how they've improved and they've done this and that and then, then you pick them and then they lose he, so he doesn't he doesn't need to improve <laughs> He's been knocking people out for years. He, he I heard he knocked out, the piss out of someone. Yeah, I mean, he knocked the piss out of Johan Line Ace, but it, he <laughs> also he also knocked the piss out of Edmund Shabazian's little brother, who is on Contender Series. Big brother? Little brother. Big brother. Uh, Leon Shabazian uh, right. back in, in the, the regional circuit. So, like, he's a guy who's got big KO power and has big KO power for a long time. Whereas, like, Gary, like, yeah, I mean, like, he knocked out Jordan Williams while he was backpedaling stupidly. But yeah, I, I, I like Gabe Green a lot here. All right. We shall see. It's interesting when we're with different picks because usually it goes in my favor. So I'm just, just saying. Numbers don't lie, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. And you, just, you've, you, you've picked a bunch of dogs here too. So I'm, I'm in on I all I have those. picked some dogs. So I could be in. Have I picked dogs? No. Oh, no. Wait a second. Any. You've picked all favorites so far. I picked all favorites. <laughs> Wait to the main card. No, I yeah, I didn't take Jessica I. Sorry, I should have taken Jessica I. You're right. Um, you all, all right. should take Jessica I. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's the what's our main event in the prelims? It would be lightweights. Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner. So we got Quake Riddell versus the Tarantula Turner. I wonder if we're gonna differ here. Let's find out. Uh, Brad Riddell, ten and two with five knockouts. He's got one knockout and one submission. Sorry, he's been knocked out once, submitted once, so he's been finished in all of his losses. Uh, four and one in the UFC, he got knocked out his last fight. He's fought at welterweight. He's a kick, was a blah blah blah. Easy for me to say, a pro kickboxer. Striking stats in his favor. He's got a strike, a positive strike differential of 1.21, and he's at plus 112 on the boards. Tarantula Turner, 12 and five, nine knockouts, three submissions, finished all of his opponents. 
He's been knocked out three times. He's five and two in the UFC. He, he's won four straight fights all via finish. Used, he also used to fight at welterweight. He's one and zero in the contender series. Two and all about tour. He's eight inches taller than Riddell. He's got half a foot of reach on him, six inches. He's four years younger than him. He's 1.4 times more active when he strikes. His positive strike differential is plus 2.17 per minute. Grappling stats also in his favor, minus 135. I don't think we're going to differ here. Go ahead. It's your turn, isn't it? Oh, okay, fine. Uh, I will take. I, I love Jalen Turner. He's uh, looked fantastic of late. And uh, he... Yeah, he's um, Riddell's not going to win a striking battle with him, um, with a guy as big as he is, and he's also uh, just as good a striker, possibly MMA striker, as Riddell, and he's a better grappler. So yeah, Turner is my pick, and I love the minus one thirty-five line on him. Yeah, I do too. And here's the other thing I'll say about Jalen Turner right now too is that like R- Riddell is probably going to shoot a bunch of takedowns here for a couple you of reasons. So? Yeah, I I really do think so for a couple of reasons. Number one. Do you know how many takedowns he's shot in his last three fights? No, not off the top of my head, Dan. He's he shot tw- <laughs> he shot 21 takedowns in his last three fights. Yeah, what's combined. the deal with that? He's the kickboxer. He, he, I mean, like he's got good wrestling though. That's the thing. Yeah. And yeah, the the thing about fighting Jaywin Turner is that like you just mentioned, Jaywin Turner has got 800 miles of reach on Brad yeah. Riddell. So like, what does Riddell have to do? He's got to get in and yeah. and like. Yeah, maybe he's going to try to sit in the pocket and trade there, but like Turner's going to get out of there. So he's going to have to shoot and Turner has shown when people shoot on him, he makes them pay for it. Right. So yeah. I, I think Turner is going to turn this into, I mean, it's going to be a striking match that he succeeds at to start. And I think when it turns into a grappling match, he's going to make Riddell wish he didn't grapple with him. Yeah. He's a good grappler too. Turner's pretty much good at everywhere. But I think people forgot what a good grappler he was until he got those couple of submissions. Because, like, if you went back and if you've ever watched him in his, like, early, early days, like when he was an amateur, he he like he was all submissions. Like his every every single fight was ending by submission. Then he found his hands and was knocking people out insanely fast and like flying up the rankings quicker. But like he's got like triangle choke finishes and like good subs. So, like, I, I mean, dude, I could definitely see him subbing uh riddell here if riddell makes a mistake like it wouldn't surprise me to see like you know a standing guillotine after he like sprawls out or a dars choke or something like that there you go boom we did it seven prelim fights all in the books uh, i told you there wasn't any duds on this card though all those fights are very interesting fights um for sure dan gave you some crazy dogs does he always does um sometimes they come through so you never know this could be the week they come through so um if you're looking for our main card picks, they're going to be in your, like I said, in your ears on Thursday when we drop that episode. Um, until then, you can obviously bet on all these picks we gave you. Um, you can go into the SGPN Slack and talk to us in the fight channel there, or you can talk to us on Twitter if you want. Uh, the the um, Twitter handle for the actual podcast is SGPN MMA. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. He is at Gumby Vreeland. You can read all our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I just posted all of my picks um, with some videos and whatnot for uh, for the fight. Um, Dan will, is doing an article on prop backs for UFC 276, and we will be publishing from another writer. Dylan will be publishing his PFL uh, 6 picks for this Friday. So lots of stuff over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And listen to Dan's other podcast, Top Turtle MMA, where um, – He's nicer to his co-host than he is here. And he interviews, <laughs> and he interviews fighters, right? 
that, that's just I that's just that up my, perfectly. That's right? just because my other co-host just tells me he agrees with every single piece of my analysis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He's he's a sheep. He's a yes man. So, all right. Uh, anything else? You good? Um, no, I, I I think we got it all. All right. You can take us home. Tell him tell him when we're gonna talk to him next. Uh, all right. I I am Daniel Gubby Vreeland. He is the future Jeff Fox, and we will catch you tomorrow.